Hey, this is John Reap from the Country-ish Podcast on the All Things Comedy Network. No sports? No problem. My bookie offers the latest and most popular sport game titles and state-of-the-art software. No need to leave the comfort of your home. It's all at your fingertips. Featuring a truly flawless live casino, complete with professional dealers, as well as a large selection of classic and progressive slots games, plus the greatest selection of video poker variants. They really do offer something for everyone. Take advantage of their daily promotions for the casino, which includes bonuses, cash backs, raffles, free chips, and free spins for you to increase your chances of winning every single day. Also, you can put your skills to the test in their latest free blackjack and slots tournaments, which includes a free 10K prize pool blackjack tournament. Stuck at home? Don't even sweat it. They got you covered. Join now and start winning big today. Sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? My bookie pays fast when you win. With decades of experience, great customer service, and hassle-free transactions, why would you bet anywhere else? Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code ATCCASINO for a 150% bonus on your first deposit. Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at my bookie. Can you enjoy Thanksgiving dinner without the holiday hassles? Better believe it. The Pilgrim Sub is back at Get-Go Cafe and Market. Come and taste why it's our best-selling sub of all time. This holiday feast starts with our fresh-baked secret recipe stuffing bread. Then we load it with juicy roasted turkey, melted Wisconsin white cheddar, savory gravy, and if you like, house-made cranberry sauce. Don't wait for Turkey Day to chow down on this tasty tradition. The Pilgrim Sub is only here for a limited time. Get-Go Cafe and Market. Better believe it. Don't try to run, don't try to hide. You steal your car without thinking twice. Stop the party, hide your shit. Fairly business in the hell tonight. Whoa! Go! What's up, boys? Go! What's up, boys? Downtown LA. Trying to get in the video. Lingers. Trying to get a massage. Trying to get a clothing line going. <laughs> Trying to leave my mark. Trying to drop it like it's hot. Trying to blow it up. What's up, where you got shot, dog? I almost got shot two weeks ago. Yeah, I can hear. I can listen. Yeah, fool. Dick, this is what happened. I, I was just driving home from my parents' house, dude, going to the pad. And some fool, dog, and just like basketball shorts and shit and a t-shirt. Fool, I don't even think this fool's wearing socks. But like a Mexican fool, like a Chicano fool, like one of those fools that, like Mexican fool that doesn't speak Spanish and shit. Little goatee a little bit and little shaved head. Fool look like a parolee, dog. Or whatever. A little, 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 little Apache and shit. But like 6'1", fool, like about three inches taller than me. But then, you know... So, Dick, I drive by him. I was playing my music all out. We can hear each other. And this fool just throws his hands up. So I was just like, you know what, fool? Fuck this. So let me turn around real quick, dog. Where's your juice right now? So I turn around, dude. And I pull up right on that fool. We'll introduce you right now. Check, check. Yes, sir. What it do, Gay? What it marinate? What's going on, everybody? Well, go on. 
So yeah, fool. I roll up on him. I said, "Fuck it." I turned around. I went up at him, dude. And I, as soon as I was gonna open the door, this fool just pulled out a gun real quick. What's up now, bitch? Damn. And I was like, nothing, fool. I just got in the truck and fucking gassed it, dog. I didn't know. I didn't know um, they made basketball shorts with gun holsters inside. <laughs> fool, this fool caught me slipping, dog. But your dad say, like, you fucking stupid, dog. Hey, everybody has a gun these days. You ain't gonna do shit. It's funny how the dirtiest fools sometimes have guns. Dude, he's just like, well, where are you, a vigilante? You kill roaches, dog. Stay away from those fools. Yeah, man, you don't want to get exterminated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. We have a special guest today, fool. Hell yeah. And who is this guest? I don't know why you're so shy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fool? What's up, fool? What's up, fool? What is it? What is it? What is it? Felipe Esparza Rodrigo Torres here, The Roach Killer Sidekick status What's up baby What's Bash up, oh, baby man, Bash Just man. living the life Living the life of a player made Mexican man just Hell living, yeah I can living see that life. I have rough. that album It's rough oh, You got the player made Mexican album <laughs> Yes I do It's man. pretty dope huh? As soon as you said it was out Yeah I appreciate it man I appreciate it it's You had um, that guy from South Park Mexican do Yeah something yeah there? SPM Yeah so SPM Lucky Luciano Yeah all the dope house boys So uh, they're with me You know in the beginning of my journey So Can you pay like chapo Hell yeah 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 I'm a cold muchacho. I'm a cold muchacho. That's tight. That's tight, dog. Baby Bash making it happen. So you saying like they were with you since the beginning. Where's the beginning at, big dog? Where did you start? Oh, man, you know, I started doing music, you know. um, It's crazy. I I was playing um, college basketball. Okay. uh, Solano Junior College. You were good? I was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was ball. I mean, you know, yeah. I I was was a point guard that could shoot. But, um... I didn't get along because once I got to college, dude, it was like I can leave the class, I can do whatever I want, and, I, and all these—I mean, I can have all these girls. And Late, like, I wasn't thinking about class. Like, imagine going—you know—from high school to where you know you got to be in class, so you get in trouble. But college, you can get out and just walk out of class. Mad like, freedom. You're, you're an adult. Like, yeah, you dip out. It's all good. So, I just started dipping out too much. <laughs> And hanging out at the studio. My friends, uh, I used to hang out with uh, these dudes in too deep. My homie, uh, Back JT. to the hotel. Yeah, back, back to, to the, the hotel. hotel. Hell yeah, I had the tape, though. The single. So they, yeah, so they were like big in Vallejo. We, you know, we all they're just from Vallejo? We, I thought they yeah, were Armenians, bro. The, no, they're, they're from oh, Vallejo. They're from yeah, Vallejo. Vallejo. That's what they were from. Ar- Armenian from Glendale. No, <laughs> they look like it, huh, dude? Yeah. TL bro. looks like that, uh, like bro. an Armenian from uh, Glendale. Back to Glendale. My, my, my friend. <laughs> But, but but so we looked up to them. They had a hit, and we we're like, so everyone would go hang out at the studio. But I was at basketball practice, and I was like, man, I'm you know, like I said, I started getting having sex on a regular basis. With, you know what I mean? Back and then, the, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm gonna go to the studio and hang out at the studio. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to practice. So I knew I wasn't gonna go to the pros, and so I started hanging out at the studio. And while they were doing songs, I would just find myself. Writing like hooks, like I, I used to write like song titles. I didn't even know how I did. It. I used to just write it to the beat, and they would. I would start telling them ideas, and they would start asking me ideas. And I would say, "Oh, really? what about this?" Yeah. So, so people started asking my opinion. I was like, "Wow, they must. I must got something here." You know what I mean? So I started writing more songs than hooks. That's why all my songs are more hooky, like choruses, because. I love the chorus. There's nothing like a good beat and a good hook and a good chorus. And that's what I started off doing before I even started rapping. I never wanted to be a rapper. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a rapper. You know what I mean? And uh, it just kind of came to me when I started hanging out the studio. What was like, the first hook you wrote that you said, people said, damn? The first hook I wrote, um, 
would be uh, it was called Cool Thing. It was with uh, this group called Partner Deuce. It was I just had they had a I had never worked with a singer like they had a black girl in there that could really sing. You know, just some homies. They're just their homie, like someone yeah. someone's sister's cousin. Right there, was right there. Oh, she could sing. So and she really could sing because she sang at church. It was the first time ever because you know I would sing this stuff, but I couldn't sing and other people couldn't sing. So it was called Cool Thing and it was uh, for In Too Deep. You know, like on their one of their last albums because they had already they were already big with Back to the Hotel. So right. we'd hang out. Studio, and then it kind of just caught the bug. You know, uh, I met E40 back in the day, and we used to look up to E40, and he was big in the streets before he was mainstream. So Charlie Hustle, Charlie Hustle, yep, and Mac Dre. I was a big, a big Mac fan Dre. of Mac Dre, and they're all from the same city. They're all from. So they're like mad heavy hitters, though, mad talent. Yeah, and and it was, and I'd be around them, so I'd always just like soak up game, and it kind of built my confidence up because they'd give me love. I was like the, you know, one of the fresh little Mexicans out there, you know, what I mean, with the chicks everywhere, and you know, I could play ball, so I hung out, I hung out with mostly the athletes. You had I, skills. I was, yeah, yeah, I was a baller so it just got to a, rhythm, uh, a part where I didn't even finish my, my, my first year in college I didn't even finish the basketball season I, went, I played like three games and I started going to the studio I just caught the, 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 uh, the bug the fever and uh, the rest is history I started doing um, a group called Latino Velvet I had Latino Velvet I, uh, and then when I was in Latino Velvet I met Kid Frost, and Kid Frost was like a, a legend, OG legend. I was like, wow. Dun, I, raza. Yeah. Dun, dun, um, dun, dun, dun. And when I met him, he kind of liked my flavor. Like, he, he was already, you know, the godfather of the Chicano rap. So. Hell yeah, dog. Did you send him a tape, or how did he hear No, you? I met uh, uh, this group called the Funky Aztecs. I, I, I've heard they of They had a song with Tupac. They, they, they had a song with Tupac. They're called the Funky Aztecs. They had a song with Tupac. And it got on the radio in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? And these guys, we knew. I knew these guys, but I didn't really hang around them too much. You know, I just knew them. But they just knew me from the studio and hanging out. And uh, one day they come to the studio, and I'm in there just messing around. And they go, hey, we got an extra ticket to Albuquerque. You want to go? To, we got a show out there with the Fugees and Kid Frost. And I said, oh, shit, the Fugees, the back. Okay. Yeah, that's how it was in Albuquerque. And I was like, where the hell is Albuquerque? You know what I'm saying? Because I never went really nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, they said, and they said we got a uh, a show with Fuji's and Ken Frost. And I was like, wow, yeah, I'll go. Well, I'll be a yeah. badass show to go to. Can we cut through that? Yeah, yeah. We will. Hell, fucking yeah, I'm gonna go to that motherfucker, man. You know That's what I'm saying? That was a badass concert. Yeah, wish I had the concert t-shirt. And it was Angelina that. also. Remember Angelina? Release me. me. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know the words, <laughs> but uh, so it was Angelina and, and I used to want to mess with her dancers, her backup dancers. You know what I'm saying? So I seen them. I was like, oh, I'm going to Albuquerque to meet you girls. What's up, right? And then uh, <laughs> it was Kid Frog and the, and the Funky Aztecs. They had already knew they already knew Kid Frost because they had. Mm-hmm. Where'd you meet? Where'd you meet Funky Aztecs at? Ladies and gentlemen, Kid I'm, Frost. I'm actually talking to Kid Frost right now. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Asking, getting all the facts. You met him at a car show where? So he, he so Funky Aztecs, had, Funky Aztecs had, had already Mormon known. rappers last No, yeah, <laughs> they do car shows out there. So so they had known Funky Aztecs had known Kid Frost already. So I was like, man, I'm gonna meet Kid Frost. Can I meet Kid Frost? And they were like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to meet Kid Frost. You're right? Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah dog. Who don't want the OG? So. I said, cool. They said, yeah, we smoke with them. We smoke weed with them shit, so it's all good. I was like, cool, let's uh, let's roll out. So I go to Albuquerque. Like, boom, I'm in Albuquerque. Where the hell am I? I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That was your so, first time meeting Kid Frost? First yeah. time on the road, too? First time on the road. First time, first time on a plane. Like, Is in a car to get you and shit? No, funky Aztecs. I was rolling with them. They were still oh. kind of underground. This was the only station in America playing their song was Albuquerque, New Mexico. So Blowing it up over there? Blowing it up, yeah. It was a Tupac. It's a dope song, too. And Probably because they had Aztec on it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of Indians out there. Uh, Navajo. Yeah, yeah Navajo. I'm, I'm from the Slapahoes. <laughs> you ever heard of the Navajo and Slapahoe? Man, smack a hoe. But, um, so 
I went to Albuquerque and they, they call up Kid Frost and he's like, "Who got the mota?" We're like, "Man, let's go, let's meet up." So we meet him, and uh, yeah, we met and we're like, "What's well, smoking together?" Frost took us to the mall, bought everybody some grub, and I, and I had a I had a demo on me, a demo with some of my music I did, and I, had, I put my phone number on it, and then uh, when we got back to the show, like everyone said, "All right, I'll see y'all later." I said, "Hey, this this is what I do," and I gave him gave him the disc and he. Uh, he grabbed it and said, right on, you know what I mean? He, he wasn't like, ooh, let me check it out. He was like, right, right. You know, like, right on, dude, you know what I mean? Maybe I might check it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll put that on my shelf. Yeah, he gave, he gave me that look at, you know, you're lucky if it don't go out the window when I'm driving. <laughs> so, but he, you know, when I gave it to him, he was like, okay, I'm going to check it out. And uh, so two days later, I got a call from an 818 number. I was like, what the hell is 818? And I called it with a tattoo shop. And I said, hey, someone called from here. And they said, uh, yeah, you know Kid Frost? I said, yeah, I just met him. Yeah, he must have tried to call you. I said, what? So I said, okay, tell him I call. So then, like, an hour later, he calls me back. He's like, hey, I like that I like that music. I like that style. It's, pretty, it's like some fresh, new style, you know what I mean? Especially from, like, a Chicano. Like, you know what I mean? You got a lot of flavor. So I said, cool. Ain't the same old thing. Yeah, and he was like, man, come right from my album. He was doing the album. And uh, he was on Ruthless Relativity. So that's when I actually got the first time. He's like, I was like, okay, he was actually assigned, you know, he was on Ruthless Relativity. So he that's, had like that's a. Easy E, huh? Yeah, exactly. Easy yeah, E. Heller. Easy Jerry E Heller. signed you, right? Easy E. First Mexican, Frost. Easy E signed you, right? Ruthless? Huh? Ruthless Records? What's his. Right? Yeah. Easy E, man. I never got to Easy E. does it. I remember him. I remember Frost picking me up in Easy E's Cadillac, dog. That was Shut dope. Up, and Easy E. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That was hard. So, um. That's the very first time I ever had a car sent to me. Like uh, Frost, Frost said, "I'm gonna fly you out to L.A." I'll, you know what I mean? I'm, and you're gonna write something. Like help. Liberace and shit. I'm gonna fly Duh, you. Oh yeah, he he said I, you got to call this lady. Some lady called me from from Relativity. What was her name? What was that lady's name that called me from Relativity? The girl that hooked up all the car service and everything. Remember her name from Relativity? The girl Minnie or uh, what's her name? Jinky. People, kid for us. Spanish more more. What's her name? Remember, she wanted me to hit. <laughs> she wanted me to beat. She, I know she wanted me to hit. Real, I never met quick, her. I met her on the phone. Real quick, baby bash. So if it wasn't for Easy E, we would have never known who Kid Frost is. No, no, Kid Frost had already. Kid, oh, okay. Frost, Kid Frost was already just already before Easy E. Kid oh, okay, Frost was okay. already like underground here. Yeah, in LA? yeah. Oh man, he was big. He was doing. If it wasn't for Ice if it wasn't for Ice T, there would be no yeah, Kid Frost. That's tight. Okay. That's history, right so that's, there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's Ice T. Ice T. That's tight. And the, and creator. Then, yeah. So I remember Frost saying, "Hey, Bash, uh, talk to this lady. They're gonna send you a car to your." And I'm living with my grandma, right? My grandma's like, <laughs> "What, Miho? Miho, you got a car out here for you?" I'm like, "What?" She's like, yeah, "Are you rich?" <laughs> You know, I'm like, you know, I'm a youngster, she right? Was like, who died? Yeah, she was tripping out, and I was like, yeah. I said, okay, it's really happening. Like, I really got a ticket. I didn't even know how to fly. Like, I didn't even know how to check in yet. So, the 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 the, the, the car service picks me up in Vallejo, takes me to the Oakland airport, and I fly to uh, to Bur- L.A. And they had another car service pick me up, take me to the studio in Hollywood. That was Carlito Studio, right? And I'm hella nervous. Like, man, I can't, I'm still like, man, I can't believe he liked my shit. You know what I mean? Like, damn, he liked my shit. Like. And uh, so I went up there, and he's, uh, he said he had he had these musicians. He said, "Let's start writing. Let's start smoking and writing." And he, I met Rick James because of that fool. Next thing you know, two days later, I'm with Kid Frost, and, and I hear Rick James going La Raza. Oh, 
Because Kid Frost had bailed him out of jail before. They were cool. Kid Frost had bailed Rick James out of jail before. So we was at some after party, and all of a sudden you hear, La Rosa. And I look over at fucking Rick James, bro. I'm like, and I'm, I'm so happy. I'm tripping on with Kid Frost the whole time. And then all of a sudden Rick James walks in. I'm like, what the Mad fuck? legends. And I'm like, man, I want to. So I ended up living out here for a couple of months. I ended up staying with Frost, right, for a couple of months. And we did a lot of recording. I had so much fun. I learned so much. And uh, then he. Uh, he took me to a, 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 a car show in Española, and he told me about this guy, South Park Mexican. He said, hey, we got, we got a show with South Park Mexican in Española. So Frost would take us all throughout the roads. You know? So really, if there was no Frost, there'd be no bash. Okay, you, what, year, what years were these? This was like 90, was 96, 97, 96. 97, 98. Yeah, 97, 98. So in, that, in those times, you know, South Park Mexican was barely coming up? Yeah, no, it, it was like a, yeah, 98, 99, 2000. But that whole, like, under, so there was, like, a mad underground scene as far as, like, you know, you guys, you know, selling out shows, big audiences. Well, Frost was tough. Frost had said, hey, this, this, dude, this dude in Texas, South Park Mexican, uh, he's real big in Houston. I had never heard of him. He was like, hey, we got a show with him. He's got a big fan. And I had never been to Texas, so I, was, I didn't know, you know what I mean? And all the time I thought you were born in Houston. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. I, well, I ended up living out there when I went out there. Just the, the quality of living and quality of life, and as far as just being, you know, no state family, tax. no state tax. more bang for your buck. Huh? Yeah, and I, I'm just, a, I'm just, a, I'm, a, you know, I'm a capitalist, man. When there's money made, I'm gonna make that money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna capitalize on it. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Like I invested in in, in, in real estate. I didn't real estate. I didn't invest in jewelries and cars. I invested in real estate, which paid off for me. You know, so so when I got to Texas. I had met, I had met, same thing, I had met SPM in Española, and uh, we just chopped it up a little bit, and he was like, hey, you know, do a song. So me, he sent me and Frost to Houston, and we did a song out there, and the women in Houston, when I got to Houston, Texas, all of a sudden, the women that were coming at me from all angles, I was, I said, I'm staying. <laughs> The women, I was like, I'm staying. Them Papa Do's, and I said, I'm staying out here. So I ended up staying out there for a while, working with SPM. And uh, I wrote a song called Wiggy, 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 which was big for SPM. And it was really my song at first, but SPM would come in the studio, and he was like, oh, I like that song right there. Let me get that for my album. And I'd be like, man, I got three verses on it already. All right, we'll just take two off, and we'll leave your best one on there. Man, comedians be doing that shit too. Oh, man, that joke you did. That that joke about telling me perfect for my bits. You guys give jokes away? Hell no. Nah, I think, oh, okay. but he said it'd be like, fuck it, I'll just be swiping that shit. Be swiping well, I, heard, it, I heard people be stealing jokes, though. Is that true? Some people oh. steal jokes, but they take more like the idea of, of like what you're talking of about. Of that original, first original one that came out. Okay, they try to... Yeah, the what's hip's like, damn, that shit's a tight-ass premise, and boom. Mm. Expand. By the way, these ribs are great. These ribs are excellent, especially when you got the munchies. I got these at Little Max's Barbecue, right there in Alvarado, huh? Little Max's barbecue, man. And I was hungry as a hostage before I sat down. I was no, hungry. Man, I'm looking at the. You left that bone with nothing on it, man. Like not even no DNA. Nothing. <laughs> this thing ain't even got no. Uh, what's the stuff inside the bones? What's the stuff? Marrow. This marrow. ain't got no marrow in it, man. I took the marrow out of it. Give marrow, a marrow man. Shit whistles. <laughs> man, you can smoke. I did, I made it a smoking pot. You can smoke out of it now. You can drill a hole on it. A blunt. Yeah, you can smoke out of it, bro. Put it in your bun, honey. And then and then so when I was a South Park Mexican. I ended up staying out there, being part of the Dope House Records uh, movement, and it got real big, and he was huge. And I kind of combined the sound because Texas had a different sound than California, and I was, you know, a little twang. Yeah, and, and I, it kind of 
caught on a little bit. So it's really we, we do the same shit. Every, you know, Texas, Arizona, California, Chicago. We we do the same shit, but but say it, like we all like to smoke weed, hang out, fuck with bitches, ride around, have fun, turn up. But they might say it in different languages, like you know right. what I mean. They had different slang, so dialect and shit. So part of my my whole menudo pot was where yeah. I put all the flavors in one big menudo pot and stirred it up. And that's how I created my music. Like, I got sounds from the Texas, and I got sounds from California, and I kind of created, like, one big old pot of menudo. Do you like lemon in your menudo or no? You, I like uh, lemon. You fuck with lemon? Oh, hell yeah. Are you tortillas or crackers? Tortillas. tortillas. Okay. Cool. Some people use um, birote, right? French yeah. for menudo. What about Have clear menudo or, or red menudo? Red for me. Red. Have you ever heard the clear shit? Yeah, and I, mean, yeah. I need the, the. I don't like the, that. My mom makes that, but I never. I'm eat not it. with that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's water and, and with uh, with with uh, tripas in it. Just doesn't look good. It man. don't look good. You gotta have the red, right? Yeah, man. It's just the chili factor, you know. Yeah, the chili. There it is, the chili factor. I don't eat menudo no more, man, because I'm vegan. But damn, man, I, I, know, I think about the best menudo I ever had was on Sunset and Parkman. There's like a fake Jack in the Box. It's a ghetto ass. <laughs> Tom's. Tom's, bro. They it was good. Rip, they, put, they put my noodle in a coke in a coke cup to go. No way. Uh, uh, it's no real good. It's really good. Don't lie. Nah, no. But El Catrín was always it's the best food everywhere. So it's Tom's. Is he still? Is still <laughs> Tom's. Is yeah, yeah, you Tom's. know Tom's. No, I just said. Uh, no, it's called Tom's. It's like he said it early. Right he said it earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so, dude. I said Tom's. Like, yeah, that's right. Tomas. Tom's. You talking about Tomas and them? <laughs> Tommy Tom's. and them. Tom number five. So your big menudo pot, that musical pot. Yeah, that's that kind of combined, and 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 then, you know, like my music. I I, I met this, uh, this producer, super producer named Happy Perez. Who, Happy Perez has done stuff for Mariah Carey now, Miguel now, uh, Ludacris. Uh, he actually did how you do that there when he was 16 years old. Yeah, yeah Happy Perez. The, uh, he's one, he's probably one of the baddest Mexican producers in the game. You know, I mean, you got him, you got Scoop Deville, Kirfra's son, Scoop Deville, one of the baddest Mexicans in the game. So it's it's kind of crazy how my life that I got to connect with like the, you know the legends and, and the top-notch people, you know what I mean? That tells me something that I got something going on with my writing as far as my songs because a lot of artists come up to me like they want to hit me write hooks for them, you know what I mean? Um, and so it, like my songs, you hear them, it's more about hooks, and, and the raps are never cheesy, never corny, you know what I mean? It's always on pocket, always on time. But I always create the songs, and I think that's... I've been blessed to work with certain producers and certain artists. Um, what the fuck was I saying? Before that, where was I at? The, you are talking about them ribs. <laughs> no, no, they're fucking ribs. The, the, fuck, the, milk, the, the flavor that you got together. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, when I, I was jamming out, I, I started going on tour with Dope House Records around uh, 2000, 2001. And SPN was like the biggest thing going in Texas. All that That's down what I was going to ask you. You said it was like a movement. Like, dog, it was. People were into it. Even dog, I've, I've done shows with, with, with Carlos and then. Like other acts would say, no, we were the headline. We'd be like, we'd be at a car show or something, and it'd be like twenty thousand people in the crowd, and then groups would come in and say, no, we're the headliners. We're not going to go. They didn't even know who SPM was because he was still regional, right, he right, was yeah. mainstream, but he was in Texas. And they got, we're not. They had SPM to be the headliner, and then these people would come in. No, nah, hell no, nah, we're we're so and so. I'm not going to mention no names, but right. And then uh, the promoter say, okay. And we'd go rock Listen, man. We're the and, LA Dream Team, okay? And and and, and, <laughs> like and I, I'd go on a, I'd perform, I'd go on stage with them, perform Wiggy Wiggy because it was a big song. The hit, yeah, yeah. And and uh, so they say, okay, SPM, you go on first. SPM would go on, rock the whole crowd, and say, all right, well, I'll beat you. I'm gonna be over here at my booth, sign autographs. The whole fu- there'd be like out of twenty thousand people in the crowd, there'd be like two hundred and forty left in the crowd watching the next group. <laughs> Everybody, it, it, it couldn't follow stand. it. 
couldn't follow it, and it was like it's such electrifying. I uh, love this yeah, crowd. It was, it was it was so electrifying. It was crazy. And, and, I bet, dude. And uh, you know, like I said, we kept touring, kept running around, and we we'd run into groups in Texas. They'd have. Cumbia Kings perform with rappers. They'd be, they'd have Spanish groups perform with rap, with hip hop, yeah. cry, yeah, cause it, yeah, it, it was dope. It was so dope. But they had festivals, and we keep coming yeah, across big festival in Texas. Huh? Oh, man. Everything's big in Texas, man. The Cumbia King with Nino, with a, yeah, well, yeah, AB Quintanilla. You know, that's when I first yeah. met AB. I was this close to meeting Selena, man. Damn, I would have met her. When I did a joke about Selena on other Corpus Christi, I said me, me and my friend we got all loaded in, uh-huh. and we were humping the Selena statue. Uh-oh. They arrested us for statutory rape. Oh, they had man. concrete evidence. Hey, people, okay, moving uh, on to the You got to know about the concrete theater. <laughs> um, so, I started writing songs for myself. Um, SPN never did, really did too many radio songs. All the songs were more gangster. Right. So, people would always say, Bash, why don't you do a song for the ladies? I like for them. the ladies. Yeah, yeah, do a song for the I'm, You know, and I used to be like, man, fuck the radio. You know, I was in, I was a youngster. Man, fuck the radio. I'm hard, man. I'm fuck the radio and shit. And then my pockets started saying, fuck you, nigga. Yeah, you better, I'm, I'm selling a CD out of my car. My pockets are like, man, fuck you. You better do a radio song. I'm like, all right, I'll start, start listening to my pockets because even, no even though we were on the road and all that shit. Pockets. <laughs> yeah, even, even though we were on the road having fun, I mean, we weren't making no much money, but that's part of sacrificing the game, which was great. I mean, I was. Were you partying too much back then? I mean, I was doing it big, yeah. We were, we're doing baby it. bashed. I was baby beach. Back then, I was baby beachy. <laughs> baby beachy. Love my chicken greasy. Shitting on these haters that love to taste their feces. I'd have people ask me, hey, yo, what's feces mean? Oh, I'm like, come on, dog. Come on, dog. Really? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know really? what feces is. Yo, man, close the door, man. My feces is cold. <laughs> You just thought of that one right there? Nah, man. My friend, what's his name? Who? Uh-huh. Uh, Juan Dexter. Uh-huh. Juan Dexter. He had, like, he had a joke. Both of them. Close the door. Name. My feces is cold. My feces is cold. Feces. My- <laughs> man, these, these, these ribs That's are good. You say that you say that so people don't know what feces is? Yeah, I couldn't When I go it. back to my neighborhood, Pico Liso, I tell, I tell them the show is like in a valley. Oh, man. I don't know shit about no 101 North. <laughs> 101 North. These ribs are good. Okay, where was I? We're talking about people don't know about feces. It's oh, yeah, writing your own song. shit. Oh, yeah. Writing for the ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, one the, hit. the what? Well, trying, to get on, trying to get on radio. Mm hmm. So, my boy Happy Perez, who, 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 like I said, was a 16 year old Mexican and did How You Do That There for Master P back in the day. He was oh, like, he, he said, that, he wrote that? He did the beat. He oh. produced it. Oh, wow. That's his beat. How you do that there? music that. He sold, it, he sold it to Master P. That's tight, dog. Uh, Master P blew it up, but Master P made him sign some papers where whatever the money he gave him up front is the only money he's going to see. Dang. So he fucking made millions off that song, dog. But you know what I mean? But that was Happy was a kid. He was happy to do it. So I, Yeah, yeah. So Happy had knew about my group, Latino Velvet. You know what I mean? My, my, my early group, Latino Velvet. And... Uh, he was like, I got some beats. So I got some, you know, some radio beats. So check them out. So I'm smoking. And he plays this beat, right? Like a little guitar crazy. And I'm smoking. And right as soon as I pass him a joint, I said, man, I'm lifted. Which meant I'm high. I'm low. You know, I'm high as fuck. I'm higher than giraffe nuts. I'm higher than giraffe puss. And giraffe puss is pretty high. If you go to the zoo, you'll see. Um, right? <laughs> You need a ladder, dog. <laughs> you got to look up. That's Extension how high it was. Ladder. So I said, man, I'm lifted. And then uh, he said, oh, man, I'm high, too. So we started smoking. I just lifted, shifted. 
Because we listen to the beat and start going to the beat. Lift it, shift it, hide in the ceiling. I was like, man, I like that. Hold on, man. Let me, let me get a piece of paper and start writing down. Lift it, shift it, higher than the ceiling. Ooh-wee, it's the ultimate feeling. I'm like, man, I like that, right? So then keep playing it, rewind. I'm smoking some more, and all of a sudden I'm just lift it, shift it. Puts a little melody in it, some, some melody in it. And uh, I wasn't have DJ Kane sing because I was good, good friends with DJ Kane from the Kumbia Kings. So like I said, we do shows with the Kumbia Kings. So we, and the Kumbia Kings were Spanish. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Kumbia Kings were doing Spanish music, but they listened to nothing but hardcore rap. They listened oh, to SPN. You know oh. what I mean? Yeah, they listened to SPN. They knew what was up with some G shit. I mean, they they did the Spanish shit for you know for for for, for, for their stuff. But they listened to personally. Even if they, they had shiny pants and shiny little jackets. Whatever they, they was wearing, yeah. They, they, they did their <laughs> shit, which was, and they were great. Actually, they were great. I used to love their great shows. Musicians. Great fucking dope-ass show. And, and then, uh, but they were cool with us. We, you know, we smoke after they were go, you know, go blow and shit. And, um, it was funny because I'm like, I'm actually, you know, because you think Kumi Kings, you would think kind of more square and shit. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. over here smoking with the Kumi Kings. They're happy as fuck. You know what I mean? So I, that's where I met Frankie J and DJ Kane. They were the singers. And I was going to have DJ Kane sing the hook. And I, I ended up in San Diego like a couple of days later, and Frankie lived in San Diego. So I said, Frankie, hey, why don't you come see this? Look, I'm right here in your hometown, thinking, okay. So he came over, we did the song. Uh, turned out to, you know, I had it, I had it for like eight or nine months, just sitting there thinking, ah, is it too soft? You know what I mean, sugar, sugar, how you get so? I was like, is it too soft? Because I, I had just, I was on. Dope House Records So I was on like Hardcore street music So to go from that All the way to Sugar Sugar How you get so uh, Even though I was talking about Marijuana And yeah. weed The public You know It's going to be kind of soft And I was thinking oh, I don't know So I showed a couple people And Charles Travis was like Man this is a hit So we sent it to Corpus Christi Ed O'Connor's And Pete Manriquez In Houston And they played on the radio, and then just people started calling in, whoop, 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 and, and it was called Lifted. When I gave him the lifted. demo, when I gave him the demo, I wrote on the CD, Lifted. It's called Lifted. Lifted, that was the original title. So Ed O'Connor called me one day from Corpus Christi. He's like, hey, Beesh, man, the people really love that Sugar Sugar record. I said, sugar, no, it's called, no, Ed, it's called Lifted. It's called Lifted, not Sugar Sugar. No, they're requesting that Sugar Sugar record. That's all they wanted to keep saying, Sugar Sugar, so we're calling it Sugar Sugar. And I said, he said, if you want me to keep playing it, it's called Sugar Sugar. I said, man, it's called Sugar Sugar. You know what I mean? Sugar. So so then the word started spreading out. I didn't even, I didn't even have a record deal yet. And Frankie was on uh Frankie was already on a on um I think it was Capitol Records. He was on a, he was on a record label already. And they won they were hearing about the record, like who the fuck is this baby baby bash guy in this fucking song with Frankie J with our artist? They're like, Hey, we want to buy this record off you. We'll give you five grand and you'll get to be in the video with Frankie, but it'll be Frankie J's record. Five grand. And five grand to a motherfucker starving, hungry as a hostage. Five grand sounds like a lot of money though. Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, five grand and I get to be in a major video, all I gotta do is give up the song that I made up. Ah, so about a day went by, and I was like, man, dude, I think I'm going to do it. Five grand. And then something told me, like, Ed O'Connor said, dude, you got a hit here, bro. Are you sure you want to do that? You got a hit. The labels are going to come to you because they're, they're hearing about it on the radio. So I said, really? He said, you got a hit. So I said, okay, I'm not going to do it. Next day, no, Universal Records, uh, uh, Atlantic Records. Everyone's like, hey, what you want? What you want? So uh, You had a bidding war over you? Yeah. Over Sugar Sugar. Damn. Sugar. I'll have to say you sort of fight so, grand. So instead, instead of five, <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead of five grand, my instead of five grand, I got two seventy-five. That's what's up, dog. Dog, how big, man? So only two hundred seventy thousand dollars difference. If I would have just took the original deal, if I wouldn't have fucking you know wiggled my way through to get the deal to keep Damn. it. So I ended up getting a deal with Universal. We signed Universal, 
And then boom, takes off. And then after Sugar Sugar, Shorty Doo Wop comes over. Boom, man, I'm touring all over over the world. You know what I mean? Then boom, so it's the, happening. It's fast. happening. Next album, fast. boom. I remember that I was big on Power 106. Yeah, Power 106. Power 106 really, really showed me so much love. When, once Power 106 got a hold of my music, because you know, I was really there's there's really no no, no Chicanos in the game. I mean, oh, hell yeah, if you think know. about the radio games, there's, there's Latinos, but there's really not. And, and you know what I mean? No Chicanos in the game, right? Like no. mainstream that they look at. And and I've been there, dude. And I tell you right now, the, the, the mainstream looks at Chicanos and Mexicans different than anybody. Anybody, any Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, they look at us cactus and shit. They look at us different than ever. So it's always been harder on us yeah, as far th- as anything. They think nobody's gonna buy it in Minnesota. Yeah, but not real. But but not knowing that that we're the biggest consumers and and we're looking for heroes. Yeah, we're looking for fucking people to fucking you know what I mean that we could be seen visibly the scene. You know what I mean? And yeah, and uh, right, you know want right. to buy something who looks yeah. like me. Even even all the record labels I've been on, they've always been like, all the people that are supposed to work my project, they're from New York and shit. And they're like, what are we supposed to do with a fucking Mexican? You know what I'm saying? Well, are, are you are you are you done with the whites? Are you done with the blacks? Are you what? I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I, and I never did the reggaeton thing. I never did the you know samba samba. I never did that. I never. OJ loca. Yeah. I, people would always say, why don't you do some reggaeton? I was like, no, <laughs> fuck that. I'm not. It'd be it'd be fake. We got wasn't you. We got it hitting the aisle over here. It, it would, yeah, right. It, 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 it would be fake if I try to jump in someone else's type of music, which I had no clue of doing. I would never fake. Like I that. know, right? Like, put on you know a suit and shit, huh? Fucking yeah, show some fucking chest hair and shit. Somebody, 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 them day. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But I couldn't do it. I was like, man, I'm, I'm more like, you know, I listen to R&B and shit, growing oldies and shit, growing up. You know what I mean? Brenton Woods. So that's why my music has like a, a formula of music. My radio songs like a formula set up. You know, so. So I would, you know, and then, and then Baby I'm Back with Akon. I met Akon. Akon said, let's do a song. Boom. We did a song in 10 minutes. Baby, I'm back. Yeah. I'm here to cater to you. Boom. That was that was song that number quick, nine. Though? Yeah, number nine. And when I put that out, number nine. Uh, I, had a, did a, I had did a song in Germany called Obsession with this group in Germany, which became number one in Germany. So Frankie J's label was like, I mean, uh, my label was like, hey, we got this song in, in Germany. Number one, we make this your song in, in America. I was like, ah, that's kind of, that's kind of soft. I said, well, I think that Frankie J would be dope. So, cause we had the same manager, Charles Chavez. So I said, hey, let Frankie do that song. Cause I had Baby I'm Back with Akon. I, I said, this is my single right here. So uh, we, we recorded Obsession in America with Frankie J, and it became a number one record for him. Though, a Baby I'm Back went to number nine. Wow. But Obsession became number one. So that's the the only number one song I've ever been on is Obsession. Sugar Sugar was number two. Cyclone was 11. Baby, I'm back number nine. Then I had like What Is It was like number 20. I've had a lot of top 20 songs and shit. So um, it's a nice little catalog. Um, so after Obsession with Baby, I'm back. And then uh, when you, once you're on a major label, dog, when, when the shit started changing a little bit, when the internet started hitting hard, dog, label started panning, didn't know what to do. So... They owed me like the next advance was gonna be like 1.2 million or some shit like that, wow. and it was like they were like, "Man, we can't, we can't do that right now. Are you willing to take a cut?" I'm like, "No, I'm cool." Can you work, Can you so, work with so, us? So we ended up parting ways, and then I wrote a song called "Doing Too Much" for this 15 year old girl named Paula Dionda. Paula Dionda was 15 years old in Corpus Christi, and Ed said, "Hey, I got this girl. She could sing. Won't you come down and write a song for her?" So I went to Corpus and like in 30 minutes. Um, uh, baby, am I doing too much? Uh, it was a good. And the next thing you know, she has a record deal. She signs with Clive Davis. Wow. Clive Davis asked her, "Who wrote this song for you?" Because she's only 15 years old. She said, "Well, Baby Bash." She's like, "Baby Bash, you know, can I talk to him?" Are you serious, dude? This is how sick. So Clive Davis. So Ed Ocanes, who, who uh, 
he wasn't my manager none. He just worked for the radio station in Corpus Christi, and he just knew Paula. So he ended up being her manager. So he was out there with him, and he goes, yeah, I can get a hold of Baby Bash for you. Ed O'Connor just calls me. I'm fucking somewhere uh, doing something, and he goes, hey, you know Clive Davis? I said, yeah, Clive Davis, that, the music, the big, big music mogul dude? He wants to meet you. Yeah, he wants to meet you. He just signed Paula Deanna, and he wants to meet you. I'm like, why? Why? He wants to get you a deal. Damn. I'm like, no way. He said, yeah, he wanted to know who, wrote, he wanted to know who wrote Doing Too Much. I said, cool, okay. And still I'm thinking it's a fake. He said, okay, cool. I'll, I'll tell him. So he's always thinking there's something back yeah, in the corner. Yeah, man, corner. It's, not, it's not real, you know what I mean? Yeah, soon as they get to they're going to team for Warren. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, Mexican's always yeah. like, man, it's got to be. It's too good. Something's yeah, going man, on. Mexican always accept bad news better than good news. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we always think, okay, man, like, oh, one last comment, but what's next? Oh, yeah, they're going to give him a child support. Oh, and you're like, ah, I can never get ahead, Holmes. And, and then, uh, and then when um, when I found out it was official as a referee whistle with a starter's pistol and a North Korean missile, is when a lady called me from New York number. I said, "Who is this?" And it was a, the secretary for Clive Davis. She said, "Hey, we want to set up your flight in your hotel room. You know, we need all your info." I'm like, well, "No way!" This like two days later. So next day, no, I'm on a plane in New York, and uh. uh I'm at the hotel. They put me in a hotel in walking distance from the office. So they say, okay, be ready. Be here at 9 in the morning. I'm like, God, 9 in the morning? I ain't got up at 9 in the morning in years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to be here at 9. So I had to wake up like at 7 fucking 30, bro. And I'm like, fuck, I'm having a meeting with Clive fucking Davis. How the fuck does he even know me? Across the street, too. So you yeah, and it was windy as fuck. I'm like, fuck. And I'm thinking, like, Clive fucking Davis wants to meet me. Like, what the fuck is That's going nuts, on? That's nuts, dog. And uh, so I go to the office. I'm by myself because... Uh, I, I had a manager at the time, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna, he'll fucking lose me the deal. And I mean, I didn't bring that motherfucker because he just looks like he's been shady. So I'm gonna fuck fuck that shit up, too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm gonna go by myself like a fucking hog and just be me. And they say, no, I fucking go up there to the big ass building in New York. It's, it, walk into Clive Davis' office. It's a huge office overlooking fucking Central Park. It's crazy. Huge office. Bigger than this whole fucking building right here. And, Damn. And uh, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing, Mr. Bash? How you doing? I'm like, how you doing, Clive? Mr. Bash? Yeah. How you doing? How you doing, Mr. Davis? And uh, he has like four people from his label sitting around him, around a big ass table, right? And he's like, uh, you know, part of his team or whatever. So he's like, hey, okay, you know, you know, how you feel? You feel alright? You know, we like, how, you know, how do you write? I said, I like to write music. I said, when you play beats, the beats will tell me what to say. Play some, play some music, and it'll kind of tell me what to say, and I'll write a hook or a chorus to a song, like kind of quick. He's like, really? Okay, I got some beats right here. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> He's like, really? Okay, well, I got some because you know, I guess a lot of producers give him give him CDs full of beats. Yeah. Okay, well, listen. so everyone's around and shit. So he starts playing beats, and I'm like, oh shit. So first beat comes on. What would you put to this? How would you? I'm, so I'd come like you know, you know, do 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 Come with a melody and shit. Come up to whatever the beat was playing. Okay, what about this one? And I have to come up with a whole another hook. Okay, you know what I mean? Da, 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 you know what I mean? And well, what about this one? And uh, I'd have different beats, uh, different songs and different beats playing. So he stopped it. And he grabbed, he grabbed a piece of paper. He wrote a piece of paper down. A Clive Davis paper, too. Like, like what do you call paper that has your name on it? Letterhead. 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 Cli- and I still got the papers. Letterhead Clive Davis paper. He slides down a note to me and said, these speakers will play your songs if you want to sign with us. Ooh. It was his, because his speakers were loud as fuck. So I was like, I grabbed that paper. I looked at him. I said, hell yeah, I'm with it. He said, well, who's your lawyer? I said, lawyer? 
Jacoby and Myers. I didn't have a lawyer. He said, he said, he said who's your lawyer? I said, uh, well, Larry because, Parker. Because in the business part, my manager said I had a lawyer, but it was really his lawyer. Yeah. So it was really. So I didn't really know. So the whole time I'm eighty. The whole time I'm thinking I have a lawyer, but little did I know it's my manager's lawyer. Like in this game, you gotta have your own lawyer. So the whole time I'm thinking, well. I don't think I have a lawyer. Let me find out who my lawyer is. But my lawyer is my manager's lawyer. So Clive Davis starts laughing and shit. He goes, well, you got... He goes, I said, I don't think I have a lawyer. He goes, well, who's our lawyer going to talk to? To talk business. Our lawyer got to talk to somebody. He said, you smoke a lot of that, don't you? I said, yeah. I said, he said, why do you smoke so much? I said, man, I can't see. My my, my, my cardiacs or cadiacs, whatever you fucking call them. And he started laughing and shit. So, um... And, uh, you know, he made me take my... I had a beanie on because it was cold. He said, let me see. Take, take your beanie off. I said, take my beanie off. I said, okay. So I took my beanie off. I said, okay, okay. I just want to make sure you had hair. And I said, oh, really? That's fucking crazy. So I said, yeah. So I said, cool. He said, okay, you're good. You're good. And I said, okay. And uh, so I called. I said, okay, well, let me get back to you. Let me find out what to do. So I... I run out, call Ed O'Connor. I keep calling, you know, Ed O'Connor. Like, Ed, man, they said they want to sign me. They want to do a deal, but I don't got no lawyer. He said, hold on. I'm going to call Paula's lawyer. So he called. So he called. You know, I said, hurry up. I'm right here at the fucking office. You know what I'm saying? And he goes, he, 20 minutes later, he calls me back. He says, good. Her name's Dina LaPolte. She's going to call you right now, and you have to agree on the phone for her to represent you. I said, okay, okay. This is like all within an hour. You know what I mean? Damn. So. so I get the call from Dina LaPole, 310 number. Dina LaPole, hey, hey, Bash. You know, she's like a real, hey, Bash, this is Dina LaPole. And, you know, I want to let you know, you know, I want to represent you. I heard you got something going on. You know, you got to let me know with a verbal yes. Yeah, so you can represent. I said, yes, yes, you represent me. Curry the fuck up. Okay, I'll call you back. You call this man. And she said, because she, she had just worked a deal with the same label with, with, uh, with RCA already, with Paula. So she said, I know them all already. And uh, I said, cool. So, hour and a half later, Bash. We're in there, eight hundred thousand. I said, "What?" I said, uh, "He said, yep, we're in there, eight hundred thousand. You want it?" I said, "Man, there's a bear shit in the woods and wipe his ass with rabbits." <laughs> and uh, eight hundred thousand, damn. And I said, uh, "Yeah, I'm giving out number and shit because that's exactly how it happened. I'm giving. This, I've never really even told this story to anybody, yeah, so it's, it's really all good, dog. the fuck kind of podcast this is. But goddamn, it got the some truth. real shit going nothing on. Nothing but damn. the truth. And and uh, and they say, "No, fuck." I fly back to Houston like I can't fucking believe this. <laughs> and um Yeah, and the rest of it. Then I, so I got my first check and then I got another check and then I put I did Cyclone. Cyclone took off all the treated fucking all over the like fucking world. Cyclone. Yeah, yeah, Psycho, that'd be a good one, huh? She treated me. I I fucking <laughs> married me a psycho. She treated me a psycho. I should, huh? <laughs> That's funny. I, I should do that. Psycho would be work. I know some psychos. And um, yeah, and, and then I've been pushing ever since. I work with. So, I've been blessed to work with so many artists, and you know, I still do. I still love doing. You know, even though I did mainstream shit, I still love doing car shows and and, and getting with, the, with with my people and still just hanging out. I'm still. I still feel like just a regular dude that just happened to make some hits. You know, make a couple of good songs. You know. Real quick question. Real quick, I was going to ask you when you said you didn't take your manager with you. You got to go. Okay. Okay. He might fuck up the deal. All right. All right. It's all good. Okay. All right. Be safe. You gonna take your manager with you because he might fuck up the deal. You, I remember we're in Houston chilling. You're telling us that um, you had you had something going with Rick Rubin, but somebody fucked it up for you. Yeah, that was uh, Rick Rubin. Was yeah. That before that was before Clyde Davis. Yeah, but that yeah, was, Rick Rubin. Yeah, yeah, that was before. Yeah, that was before, that was with. Uh, that's big, right? That's when I, that's what I think of, that's when I, we first started. That was part of Deuce when we first started fucking uh, doing our music, and uh, Rick Rubin had big beat records. 
And that's when back you could do you could send demos out and shit. Like we'd send demo packages out. Like here's a song, here's our pictures, here's our for, here's the bio and shit. Yeah, and they actually bid on the bio. Really? Yeah, but we had, but of course my manager was just my homeboy. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he went out there like, oh, we ain't fucking with these motherfuckers. These niggas don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so you, in this business, you gotta have the right people representing. You gotta talk to because you gotta they talk to the right language. The, they saw all those strings coming out of his khakis and his yeah. covers. Nah, man. They, they were like, let's give him some fucking puma sweats. No. We'll, give, we'll give him some puma sweats and Adidas. Don't leave me hanging, bro. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging, bro. You, you, ever, you, ever, you, you ever try to shake someone's hand and they don't look and you fucking keep your hand out there and try to fucking... Oh, my oh, yeah. bad. I got oh, fucking... Man. I hate when I hate, hate, hate sh- shake somebody's hand. Yeah, yeah. No. I hate when I hate shake somebody's hand they don't squeeze it. It just feels... It just hangs. Oh, there. yeah. That's great. Uh, like corpse? Yeah, like here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, what the fuck no. you been doing? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, man. I lost feeling uh, in my, on my arm. I could barely put it up. <laughs> it's a Hollywood shake. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking uh, over there for a better deal. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you you work with like big... You were, you were in that movie, um, Philly Brown, yeah, Philly, Philly Brown. Brown, yeah, I was in Philly Brown with the... Is that your first acting role? Yeah, yeah. dog, it's my only acting, I, I can't act with the shit, you know what I'm saying, but they was like, hey, but, you know, my people's the E-Dem, Focus Better Locals, like, hey, we got this movie role, and you th- we think you'd be perfect for it, and I was like, uh, okay, they said, Edward James almost is going to be in it, I said, oh, hell yeah, I'm going, because I'm what a big, yeah, I'm a big Edward James almost fan, and so, oh, it, it, hey, it turned out, fucking Lou Diamond Phillips is in it, fucking, uh, uh, who else did it? Stand and deliver part two, dog. Fuck, you know what I mean? It was fucking dope. So I get there and um, it's not even a baby, Holmes. I did, <laughs> I did, I did my, uh, I did my scene. Took my scene like an hour and a half, and uh, it made the movie. They did a good. They, you How know, many like, takes? <laughs> literally five takes, six takes. That's good takes, bro. When, yeah. when I did the commercial, and I freestyled. It was like they gave me a script, like okay, say this. And I was like, I, I don't talk like that. They were like. <laughs> See, you know what I'm saying? They gave me the script, and I was like, "Man, that is—I do not talk like that. That is not cool at all. I don't." You got to make it your own. I got to talk to it. Just give, give me the, some g- lyrical g- brand. Yeah, give me the situation and what it was. I was supposed to collect some money from this girl that she owed me that her that her people owed me. This is and easy, I'm supposed dog. To count it. Yeah, so I, was like, I do that fucking butt naked sweet. <laughs> so I fucking uh, I fucking uh, did the shit, and they had me talking. Like, hey, do you have my money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, do you have excuse my money? Me, Can you? And I'm like, yeah, excuse me. Do you please have my money? Can you please hand me my currency? So I was like, nah, I'll talk about, you know. Give me that cheddar. Give me my shit. You got my bread or what? What you like? What, what you doing? You got my money? Because that's what I'm talking about. Let me count this. Oh, man, you $12 short on these frog skins. <laughs> but so we, we did the Philly Brown. And Philly Brown ended up doing a lot better than people thought. So it's, it's on Netflix. By it's on Netflix. Yeah. Watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, Philly Brown. It's on Netflix. Good people to work with. Uh, Gina Rodriguez did great. Uh, so, yeah, that's my acting thing. I get a lot. People send me scripts all the time, but their fucking scripts are fucking big. I ain't going to read that shit. Like, they got huge-ass scripts. I'm like, man, I'm not going to read this shit. Send so. to me. You didn't read that scene? Never got to it. I can't read. Yeah, hey, you know what I mean? I was like, I can't read this big ass. I only read one time a, a day. Usually like when waiting, but that's usually around ten thirty, eleven in the morning. Something when you work with a real a good director. You know what I'm saying? You get uh, only one time a day I read, dog. I know, right? Tweets. <laughs> I, I, I Instagram for it's a porcelain throne. You've been on ESP, your tweets have made it to on ESPN, right? Yeah, ESPN first take. You know what I mean? Like you, you love first take, huh? Yeah, because I, I it's crazy. I didn't even know, dog. One time, twice. I, yeah, twice. One time I did one about Tony Parker, right? And next thing you know, I because I, I watch the show all the time. My boys, hey, I seen you on first on first take. I said what? He said yeah, they played your tweet on first take. So I had to go back and look for it and found it. And then the next thing you know, uh, shoot, a couple months later, another one, Baby Bash. I'm like, man, that's crazy. And I happen to be watching it. Like, I'm watching First Take every morning, eating 
some cream of wheat and some toast with butter and jelly. And I'm watching fucking first take, and next day, you know, uh, Baby Bash comes on. Uh, what, uh, what was the second one about? That's a Baby Bash breakfast, if you didn't know. Yeah, oh, cream of wheat. Cream like, of wheat. Yeah, I like cream of wheat, bro. Well, oh, I like uh, arroz con leche, too. Fulais avena. <laughs> Oatmeal. What's that? Who eats flan for breakfast? I eat fucking uh, Malta like meal. Malta meal. Malta meal. What? They got any other shit? If we grits. Oh yeah, grits. grits yeah. With butter. That's a Texas thing. Yeah, they like grits with butter. But I like sugar. They like uh, they like it with butter and salt. I like sugar and milk. So your family's proud of you for making it. Yes, I always feel like Richie whenever I'm with the family. Let my Richie. They always feel like a, I always feel like Richie at the fucking party, though. You know. Yeah. So I, yeah. Of course. You have every, a brother named Bob. No, my brother named Johnny. Brother named Hater. Johnny yeah, Boy. Brother. You have a Johnny Boy brother. And Drew. Yeah, I got two brothers. Yeah, and then um, Drew people. And then, uh, and then, um, yeah. I mean, I get so much. You know, it's so funny to it, to do the things I've done, to actually travel the places I've been, and, and just to be like a Mexican American, just. Who wanted to play basketball every fucking day to fucking be, you know what I mean? I didn't really want to be a rapper or want to be an artist or want to be famous. Just wanted to get some girls and, and, you know, smoke weed and shit and hang out. And they say, I know I'm doing this shit. I'm fucking with, you know what I'm saying? Felipe Esparza. That's cool, dog. I was watching you on TV, dog. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy as shit. I can't believe I did a song with Carlos Santana. That was my biggest stamp of approval. I did a song on Carlos Santana's last, not this last one, but the one before that with Jennifer uh, Lopez. Oh, you, you were yeah, on it? I'm on his album. Like, I'm like, how the fuck does Carlos Santana know who the fuck I am? He you know me? You? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they hit, uh, his rep hit my rep and was like, hey, we got this song. It'd be dope for you to... Uh, to rap, they got the beat and everything ready. And Jennifer Lopez is on. I was like, "What the fuck?" But I didn't get to meet Jennifer. Lopez. It was already all done. They just heard, had the rap. They sent it to the studio, and I did the rap there. So yeah, I was on a fucking Carl Santana. And once you, once I did a song with Carl Santana, it's like that's my biggest. You can, anybody can say anything. Oh, knighted. fuck that baby man. He ain't shit. I did a song with Carlos fucking Santana, one of the biggest legends in this world. Well, you played Woodstock, and though. he gave me his stamp of approval. Then that's all I need. That's tight, man. That's tighter than the puss on a virgin hoe. Cause you're a savage. Cause you're a savage, bro. Savage. So what you got going on now? Oh, uh, I'm shooting a video right now. You're actually in a video with, uh, yeah. You see all these chicks running around with, damn, man. semi one with booty cheeks. There, man. Look at the shitter on that critter. I was like, man, damn. look at the shitter on that critter. It's huge. She got a big old ass. Um, basically, it's, yeah, it's a music video. Um, for a song I caught called Certified Freak. It's called Certified Freak, featuring Baza, produced by C Ballin. And I'm getting ready to put it out probably in a couple of weeks. So, we, you know, we got to get the video first, then drop it at the same time with the single, you know what I mean? So here's the visual. Because a lot of things are visual nowadays. So we drop the visual single, the, the video, and then play the single, and then hit the road. And, it, you know, it ain't stopped. I ain't stopped since 2002, just on the road every year. 2002, damn. <laughs> That, that's, when, that's when I was rolling with SPM because I, I didn't have a hit yet, but SPM, South Park Mexican, had a hit. So I was like like the hype man on stage with him. So we were just on the road. And after that became the Sugar Sugar and Cyclone and Obsession and Baby I'm Back and What Is It. For those of our listeners out there that don't know who South Park Mexican is, he's locked up, right? Yeah. Locked up. They won't Life? let me out. No, no. They 40 years? Like 40 years. Yeah, 40 yeah. years? On a what? bad case. On a, oh, on a bad case, dog. It's like a setup. It's a whole movie, really. So... I know because I, I read um, there was like uh, there was a, a Facebook thing going down one time and I, and yeah. I read your tweets. Well, well those who know the real story, up. yeah, well, the old lady. 
Well, see, it, he was having an affair with a lady. He's having an affair with a lady, and it was his best friend's wife, and 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 they all grew up together. Four of them all grew up together. His best friend ended up being like kind of a dope fiend, crackhead, alcoholic, and he, and he ended up going to prison. So Carlos started fucking his wife, which he shouldn't have done. They had a big that's, ass affair. That's, that's PM, right? Yeah, Carlos? yeah. And they had a huge affair. Him and Maribel, they knew each other, and then um. She had a daughter, and, and Carl's had a daughter, so their daughter would stay at night at Carl's house. And one day, um, Maribel calls the, the studio saying, hey, I want 20000 because Carl's is making so much money. Carl's yeah. is big and famous. And she's like, I need $20,000, or I'm going to tell the cops what Carl's did to my daughter. What? And, and this was Carl's brother talking. Carl, Carl's is like, I mean, Carl's. Carlos's brother was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Maribel?" Carlos didn't even. He touched my daughter. You better give me twenty thousand dollars. I'm gonna. I swear to God, Car- uh, Tootie hung up the phone, called Carlos, and said, "Carlos, man, Maribel's saying, you know, she wants twenty thousand dollars that you touched her daughter." Asked me like, "Tell that, you know, tell that bitch shut the fuck up. What the fuck's wrong with Maribel?" You know what I mean? Two months later, the cops come and accuse him of that, and that's how it started, dog. Damn. And I always one day think, Carlos, what if he gave the twenty thousand dollars? You know what I'm saying? And but he was like, "One more." But he was exactly. He was like, "Dude, I did." If I'd have given twenty thousand dollars, that she would have, you know what I mean? Like, like it'd have been like I really did it, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. really paying some off for something I didn't do. So he knew for sure he didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't going to win the case. His attorney ended up dating the pro- prosecutor. The prosecutor is the woman that got him. His attorney, Chip Lewis, ended up dating her dog. Damn. Like the next year they were dating. How crazy is that, dog? That's the crazy. And he had no Mexicans on the jury. And that's how the whole thing is. It's, he, it's, it's just incredible that, the, you know, he had such a big scene, such a big, strong movement anyway. Well, that's the thing about that that a lot of people don't know. South Park Mexican was on the verge of being one of the biggest Latinos Yeah, they stopped it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, 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 the city of Houston, Texas, they stopped it right on time. They didn't want no Mexicans too powerful. And they finally got him. They, and the girl, Maribel was like... She's like, you ain't give me that money, huh? Okay. And you know what's so funny? My grandma used to tell me shit. Mijo, be careful. But before this even happened, Mijo, be careful. Girls can say anything. I'm like, yeah, come on, girl. not going to happen. Cuidate, mijo. Yeah. Cuidate, mijo. With those eyes. So that's the... <laughs> <laughs> So that that's the real story what happened with that. <laughs> Those green eyes gonna talk a lot of evil. You, you turn my green eyes caca brown. You pick me up when I fall down. You got me spinning round and round. You turn my green eyes caca brown. Oh my coming from that's my you, new single coming soon, fellas. <laughs> coming from you grew up, man, like light skinned Mexican man, you want to fight a lot of dark moves oh, every man. day. Uh, yeah, all the Prietos coming yeah, up to you all the fucking charcoals coming up. It was up tough. To you. It was tough on a little Miklo. A, a, a little Miklo like me, man. So this wet away. But that that actually made me fight good because I said because I grew up around a lot of black fools so for the black girls would like me too you know what I mean because I was a hooper and I was an athlete so all the black dudes would be just oh you like this motherfucker you know what I mean so I yeah actually, you look like the actor from Bosque yeah 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 so so they used to uh, I used to have to fight a lot but it, 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 my mom. it got me my respect though like you know what I mean so it, it, it worked out for me I got my respect it taught me how to fight so I love it all hell yeah baby bash are we is that 30 minutes Oh, we could still go on. You could okay. Talk. Cool. Tell us more about what you, you turn what you my want, green eyes caca brown. Oh, okay. That's for, all right. You were like go. You were did a gay where like um. You, well, you have to go look for your money. You mean when I do shows? No, not be, no, when you first started. Like, oh man, this promoter is about to take off. We ain't about to get paid. No, I, I didn't know that. About, I didn't know nothing about that. I didn't really know nothing about that uh, about the promotion and type of shit like that. But now, I mean, now I see how it goes. Now I see how the you know shady promoters is like. Yeah, some your real term shit. manager shake them down. Yeah, well, I got a good uh, good manager. Yeah, he's no he's known to put hands on fools. But usually, I've never really, I've always got paid. I've never got stiffed my whole. Ain't that weird? I've never got stiffed my whole career. I've never had no. I'm not a big I'm not a big party. 
drinker, crazy guy. I mostly just smoke weed and you chill. You got it all, dog. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, Tell us something bad. It's, cool running. I, I'm trying to think cool of something bad to say. Food. God damn. I'm trying to think of what bad, you know. Look, what time you told me about growing up? You were raised by your grandmother, right? Yeah, well, my parents Your were, dad was a uh, crazy fool. My dad was, yeah, they were both heroin addicts. My mom and dad were heroin addicts. So. That's crazy that you didn't, you never, like, dealt with that in your life. Yeah, you know, I've always been a happy kid. Like, my brother ended up being, like, the, the criminal kind of guy. It shows in you that you're fucking happy, man. Just by everybody around you, man. Yeah, I, yeah. You I don't know, see one hater here. No. Just a guy picking up trash, but that's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always had a good. I mean, I've always had a good output, and, and I've never had no enemy. I've never crossed a line. I've never disrespected anybody. But yeah, yeah, my grandparents raised it. You know, uh, that's why I got my. I bought my grandma a big house in Houston, Texas. That was nice. You know, um, um, my mom and dad were heroin addicts, so my my. They're in another prison. In and out of prison, yeah. So that's why I would live in the, I would live in Mendota or right by Fresno. I I go back and forth because when my mom and dad were out of prison, I'd go to live with them in the Central Valley, like you know what I mean, Fresno Mendota area. And then when they went in prison, my grandma would take me back to Vallejo. So I was always going back. It depended if they were in prison or not, you know what I mean. And uh, um, you know, thank God they they ended up bulking off heroin. You know, my my dad passed uh, last year, but he did a lot of drugs in his life, so his body finally gave out. But my mom is doing good now, doing better. So I take care of a lot of people. You know, I saw so. your mom at the right show. That's right. You, oh man, thanks for hooking her up, dog. I they were, her up. I you saw see your my mom. Thea Virgie? What my Thea Virgie? She stays drunk. She stays drunk. Yeah. Yeah, but she's she funny. Was, all she, she does is laugh. Funny. Your mom was all happy about the show. She brought cake out, a coconut. She brought a coconut cake, but, and I'm, uh, she don't know if I'm vegan, but man, this poor ate it. Was a good oh thing. man, it was a good dog. She brought a cake good. from a restaurant. It was so moist and good. Really? It was That's tight. No, thank you for that, because my uh, my, thea, my thea Virgie hit me the next day like, oh, mijo, thank you so much. I had the best time. You know what I mean? Because my thea Virgie's kind of going through a little something right now in her own little life. So, I'm um, thank you for that, man, because they sent me them pictures and all that. That was real, real, real nice of you. Yeah, she was dying, man. Yeah, you got they they, they cracking. They want to go every show now. Though. They're fucking talking about catching flights and shit. We they want the, but hey, but they want the hook up every time though, dog. Like, yeah. Every shit they fly to see you, they want backstage. They want all that shit. They want all the extra shit. They want hors d'oeuvres. Do so you have yeah. any coming up dates? Yeah, yeah, I got dates coming up. I got uh, Dallas, Texas coming up uh, July 25th. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I don't know where at, but it's in Dallas. I got Española, New Mexico, August 9th. I got Phoenix, Arizona, August 14th. Phoenix. And breaking news: I'm coming to Australia in October. What? Good day, mate. Hello. Good have day, you been mate. There? Melbourne. Yes, I've been to Melbourne. I've been to uh, How's that? Perth. I've been to I Europe. Love yeah, yeah, I've been to Europe. Isn't it funny, time. like when you go to Europe, how much love they have for the Rasa over there? Like, yeah, you know like, when, like when I go to Germany, man, it was they like, bow down when you come to the dog. Town, huh? Look at, I go to Germany, right? So I'm I, first time I'm coming to Germany, right? And I'm at the fucking. It's like a big ass festival, and there's so many brown people, like this, like. Brown people, like you, like you know, you think they're Latino and shit, right? So then I walk out, and you know, all these fucking do Latino, Rasa, right? I'm like, damn, they got and I'm thinking like, there's some fucking Mexicans here and shit. There's a Mexicans out here in Germany. What the fuck, is that? you know? Because German, you think German is blonde, blue eyed, you know, white. You know what I mean? So. Like it's, it's like a mixture, like a lot of white, but a lot of brown. Like what the fuck? All these kind of Germans are these? What the fuck? All these Mexicans come from? So they end up being Wiener Schnitzel. I like that. <laughs> they, they they end up being from Turkey. Oh shit! We're from fucking Turkey, but we're down with the Rasa. Like man, I'm sorry. yeah, they're all from Turkey, dog. Turkey, and then you, then you talk to the you know the uh, the, the German folks and like yeah, you know all wow. the criminal all the all the criminals are from Turkey. I'm like oh, they try like Mexicans, dog. They try they try to hate like they're on the Mexicans, dog. You well, know that's, I mean? that's, that's crazy. They're all the the, the, the Party as Turkish people, and then when, and then and then when I went to Japan, dog, I swear to God, I went to Japan for the first time. The big old crowd out there in Japan, and uh, Frost goes out there all the time. It's because Frost, you know, has a big, uh, the big low 
outsider culture in Japan. So yeah, dude. And I didn't know that Japan people do stuff by fashion. They don't do it by the by the acting out the real way. They do it by fashion. So I didn't know there was like a big cholo culture. Big cholo culture. Big cholo culture Go in Japan, right? So so I, so I get Japan. I'm kind of like tripping out. And I look I look at the crowd. I look, you know from backstage look at the crowd, and I see a bunch of motherfuckers with fucking brocha, but mustache, gangster mustache, fucking tattoos on their eyes, fucking ball heads, goatees, just looking like straight hardcore cholo smoking cigarettes, just khaki down, right? And I'm I look out there. I'm like, what the fuck? All these cholos in fucking Japan. What's going on, right? Japanese and they're looking hard. All they're fucking got lokes on. They're just looking hard at me. Just looking hard, right? They're looking at me. They can't see me. I'm just looking at them. They're just looking hard with their fucking rukas and hainas out there kicking it, dog. Boulevard nights out here. And I'm thinking, like, these fucking gangsters are going to fucking, they're going to hate on me. What are I, you know what I mean? The girls, you know, the girls usually when I get on stage, the girls start jumping around and shit, and the dude's like, fuck this dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, fuck, I'm in Japan, all these fucking cholos. And I'm saying, everybody give it up. You know, get ready to go on stage. Give it up for baby. Bash and I hit the stage, and all them hardcore looking dudes are fucking screaming their minds off. Screaming their minds off, trying to grab my leg, dog. A bunch of, and I was tripping out, dog. Like, look, this looks like a bunch of crazy cholos, dog, were grabbing my leg. Like, shit that would never happen in, in the United it's States. Deadly. Shit that would never happen in the United States, you know what I'm saying? It, but to come to find out is they do it for the look. Like, they don't live the lifestyle, like the gangster lifestyle. They just do it for the, the actual fashion. look. Yeah, they love it for the you look. You only gang bag on weekends now. Which is, which, is, which is tight. So, yeah, yeah. It's and then when on stage, when I sing, uh, sugar, sugar, how you get so fly. Sugar, and then I usually hold the mic out to the crowd and the crowd are saying sugar sugar how you get so fly like 10,000 people saying it but I'm hold the mic out and I hear sugar sugar how you get so fry sugar sugar how you get so fry imagine 10,000 people saying sugar sugar how you get so fry dog and I'm I'm loaded. I'm higher than giraffe nuts. I'm cracking the fuck up. And, and I'm not, not now. When the song's over, I'm still making them say it. Sing it, sugar, sugar. How you get so fried? Uh, laugh, have a laugh attack. Oh, dog, that still cracks me up. I love it though. Fucking what's up, full Manchu? <laughs> full Manchu. That is crazy, man. They be yeah. loving that shit out there in Japan. All huh? the mad fans, right? The whole thing. I mean, big in Japan. you get fans everywhere. Yeah, I, you know, I have only not went to a couple of places, but yeah, everywhere I go, it's always. Up. You know, I even when I went to USO tour, tour Iraq during the war. I went to the Iraq and, and performed for the troops. That was just all mad love, you know. Like when I did a show once in Amsterdam, at Rotterdam, and then um, I was hanging out at this crack house. Did you go to the uh, the, the, the sex shows? Where you yeah, it was a sex show, but I went to it's the weak, wrong huh? one. Man, it was weak. Yeah, I, I went to the tranny side. Fucking. I went to the tranny side of the sex alley. Tranny side. I, yeah, like this, this this one was just regular whores, but this one was trannies. What? And I got to the one was trannies. There was this full lifting by the mirror. What? Oh yeah, the, yeah, it was posing by the window, right? Yeah, you talking about that posing. open window, right? The full lifting, doing chin ups. I said, damn, man. And you pick her? No, I didn't pick her. <laughs> I'm not like that hey, no more. When I uh, so when I went down to to the red light district, you know how you walk down, all the prostitutes right there in front of their windows, right? Just look, you know, you it's like a tourist, like old ladies shit walking, pointing and shit. It's a tourist attraction. People are looking at all the hookers, and so I'm walking. All of a sudden, you hear pink, 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 baby bosh, be give you free, make baby bosh. And I was, oh, that baby bosh, right? I'm, I'm I forget who I, I forgot I was baby bosh. I was just tripping out like, <laughs> and they're like me give you free. Me, they're like from Russia and some shit. Me give you free, and I was like, oh no, nah. everyone's looking at me and shit. Are you gonna go? Every the whole fucking people I don't even know are looking at me. Are you gonna go? You gotta, you gotta I'm like, nah, but and my my homeboy Angel, he's like, I'll go. I said, get my friend, my friend, free, hook him up. She said, okay. Angel ran down there because when you know when you go to the door, they gotta pull the curtain down. They need to busy. Know. I mean, yeah, you, you don't know, but you can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you can imagine. I mean, so. 
Angel said he went in there, dog. All she did was grab some lube and then bent over and he just lubed it up and no talking, no nothing. Oh. And then he laughed. He said it was kind of weird. Like he just, she bent over and used her hand, probably the old fish trick. Yeah, the old reach around. She just cut all the emotion out of it. And he got yeah, sad. yeah. And he, he just, got robbed. And he I said, "How the fuck you stay hard?" I thought, First of all, I'd be scared. I'm like, do that sometimes when you're loaded and shit. Like you don't know that you can't put it in. You put a bunch of Vaseline on their hand and you just bend over. You're like fucking. She, same thing. She's jerking you off and shit. So it feels the and same. You're all happy. Yeah. What the hell? You thought it was panoch? I woke up with stress floaters the next day. <laughs> At least you can do your hair. You can fucking wipe your hair with that shit. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Amsterdam, that was my Amsterdam tale. Yeah, man. When you're in Amsterdam, you, you got to find, when you're at the red light district, you got to find the room and check the bulb. If it's hot as hell, that means it's been on all day. That means nobody has fucked with her yet. If it's yeah. cold, it's been fucking all day. So, yeah, yeah. I, oh, some of the girls, and they look pretty good, but just when they talk like, talk like this, you know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't get turned on by a girl, hey, fuck me like this. I get turned off like it's doing on phone stakes in Spanish. Primero tu voy a culiar, mijo. No chingue, tía. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you were talking to them. They're talking to you. <laughs> yeah, now the phone sex thing. My tía, uh, Chiki, used to do phone sex. I used to trip the fuck out. She said, yeah. I said, what do you do? Go in your room. Your tía did phone sex? She did phone sex, dog. She was huge. <laughs> huge. But she had a good voice. I'm getting wet. But she's like wetting her burrito with salsa. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what she wanted. Yeah. She, uh, you know what's so Daniel funny Martinez. is... When I found that out, now when you know seeing the commercials for sex talk, I'm thinking, man, all the all the girls they show, I'm like, ain't none of these girls doing that shit. All they try to they try to show fine girls like they're actually on the phone, gonna talk to you on fucking the other line, talk sexy to you. Is that your Rodrigo and shit? How you doing? Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> do you still do that? <laughs> hey man, what's up with that bullshit? Why me, man? It's my day job. <laughs> Felipe hit you with that. <laughs> so what's up, fool? We're here with Baby Bash, ladies and gentlemen. Chilling, man. I love that song, man. Who did that song for you? With that, what's up, fool? That was at the Voodoo Glow Schools from Riverside. Riverside. That was dope. That's one of my favorite times when you come out. I love what's that shit. What's up, fool? It was, it was actually called Fat Randy, but they changed it to Felipe Esparza. Really? Is that your real name, Felipe Esparza? Yeah. Because, you know, I meet so many people, like radio guys, and their, their name is like... The Wild Bear. Jesse Duran. Gold hits with Jesse Duran. His name is, uh, you know, Rich Watkins. <laughs> the dogs, the bad cow. Yeah, you get fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get, yeah. What if I put fun with your uncle? Super Benson. Snake. Live. The Barking Spider. The Barking Rub. Spider. What's, what's up, fool? Felipe Esparza. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be in Dallas at the Addison Improv, August 7 through 10. What? I'm going to be in Las the, Vegas oh. at the National Tejano Convention. I'll be there um, playing um, accordion. What? August 22 and 23rd. Ventura, Ventura Harbor. Shut the fuck August up. August 29 and 30. Follow me at Funny Felipe. Or Felipe'sWorld.com. Right here with Rodrigo Torres, bro. What's up? What's happening, man? Love to be a part, love being a part of this podcast with Baby Bash. The oh, man. Kid Frost is in the house, dude. Just it's fucking great. video shoot. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Fucking history. Kid Frost right here, Latino man. Latino's in the yes. house making it happen. Legend. Legend. Yes. Hell yeah, dog. What's up? It's the What's original up? Boyle Heights coaster in the building. What you doing? Give one for the raza real quick, big dog. This is for the raza. Ah, baby Bash, Felipe, what up, what up? What up, Baby Bash, man? That's what's up. What up, Kid Frost? Man, I'm just chilling, you know. Savage style, savaging out. Savage. You got to come check us out, man. Little Max Barbecue. That's your place? Yep. That's my spot, the Rib Shack. We got it right here on Westlake. Where at? The heart of MacArthur Park. Where the magic begins in Los Angeles. All right. And if you need a... 
You can go there too. Little Max Barbecue. You heard people if you're in Los Angeles, Little Max Barbecue. What's up, yeah, yeah. You want to join us? Oh, shoot. Are you busy? No. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, we got Kid Frost. Can't What's wait time. What's up, Shit. brother? What's man, up? oh, man. What's Damn. Up? Take a look and see what the cat drug Damn. is. One big badass Mexican. <laughs> Hell yeah. What's the up, most quoted motherfucker I know. Like, everybody man. everybody knows your songs. Dude, when I was in the seventh grade, that song was my fucking anthem, dog. Hello. I used to go up. I used to, I I swear, go up to that shit. That shit is tight, dog. I go up man, to that I, shit to, to let people know who's over 40. I got <laughs> I got so lucky. I got so lucky making that record, man. So where are you from? Originally What's from your real name? People don't know. Arturo Molina Jr. Arturo Molina Jr. Not to be confused with Gloria in no kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, huh? Okay. No politricking over here. And you notice I said politics, not yeah. politics. So where'd you grow up at? I grew up. Um, originally on 4th and Margaret in East Los Angeles, I was born in General Hospital, and uh, both of my parents actually were active military, so as soon as I turned six years old, I started living on military bases all over the world. And I lived, by the time I was 10 years old, I had already lived in Panama, Guam, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Bolivia, Spain, Argentina. My dad was a command sergeant major, jungle training expert uh, for the Green Berets in Fort Sherman, Panama Canal Zone. He did six terms in Nam and got shot out of helicopters and all that kind of cool war hero stuff. So He's a real veterano. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of an army brat, but at the same time, Every summer, my, my dad would get us on an IHOP, which is like a military flight plane, fly us into LAX, and my grandma would pick me up and take me to East Los. And so to keep the culture of us, uh, of that cultura alive. And then when he retired from the Army, I was 16 years old, and I was very blessed to meet Bobby Espinosa and Johnny Espinosa from El Chicano, who lived in East Los Angeles at that time as well. And uh, Johnny seen something in me, I guess, at that time. Rap hadn't really even started taking off at that time. There was really only two rappers. I think it was me on the east side and Ice-T on the west side. And that's how it all started. I'm, uh, I kind of started with Ice-T back in the day. With Cut Creator? Cut Creator, Cohen Madness, uh, I Am the Terminator. We had, had Rough Cut Out. And that one first album, Iceberg, right? Yep, yep. <clears throat> So I remember Ice Teeth. One of the first album was Six in the Morning. Police at my yeah, door. Yeah, that was that was on our label on, yeah. on Electro Beat. As a matter of fact, and I was blessed to actually get to do the artwork for that label and all that at that time. Graffiti and rapping and popping and breaking at that time in that era of Los Angeles was. was uh, I was very blessed to be part of that era of the origin of West Coast hip hop. And so you, as an artist, you came up out of that. I came up out of that with Dr. Dre. I came out with Ice T, Dr. Dre. Coolio, the world class wrecking crew, Dub C, Clientel, um, who else? Uh, LA Dream Team. LA Dream Team. Of course, that was Clientel and, Clientel. and uh, Dr. Dre. That's Lonzo. pre pre NWA. Yeah, pre WA. In fact, Yella and them scratched on my first record pre NWA. Do you remember um, K Day 
Uncle Jam's Army? Of course. Yeah, Roger, that's what I used to listen to. He finally Yes, he and the record crew passed. with um, Dr. Dre. Dre, Dre. That was my Dre. real first performance that I ever got to perform at the LA Sports Arena was, was Uncle Jam's Army show. That's awesome. Ice-T grabbed me with people on them and let me get some little shine. And they gave me the mic real quick, and I got to get up there and get down, and it was pretty cool. That was that was my really introduction of performing in front of people. Damn, and those dudes always kept it 100 with you since Oh, yeah, even till right now, man. Ice still still gives it up and, and shows mad love. In fact, he just wrote a book where he talks about me in his book, so... It's all, it's all love. I love, I love being. I, I feel like I'm a hub. Like I really, hell yeah, push and connected a lot of people together. Like I, I feel like I connected that, made that connection with Bash and SPM, and I feel like I launched and helped a lot of careers really step off. Like SPM, Baby Bash, ALT, so you the and Godfather, man. Nino Browns, Mad Operatives, like that. And then you know, even even the further in the new groups that are even coming out right now with the Brown Monsters and the Baldacci, the Beast, and the Z Guns. Shout out to Z Guns and his new album and. And also, you know, all the all the new artists that are coming up in LA that are doing their things, the King Little G's, and all the new up and coming up and coming artists. I feel like they took and still to this day are grabbing pieces and elements of the foundation and the core structure of what we built as far as hip hop first started as the origin of West Coast hip hop sound and what they call Chicano rap, which I don't really like to be labeled in that that thing because I consider rap rap period. Rap period. Right. And it's you know. I think it's a big pot of menudo, gumbo, and flavors, and salsas, and things that make hip-hop and rap what it is today, so. And it's changed drastically, I mean, I feel we took a lot of our hip-hop, we took it from third grade math all the way to, like, calculus, only to bring it back down again to, like, simple mathematics and rap again, and we, we need to get our rap bars up again and get concepts and things that we were talking about instead of just making these records now that are just catchphrase hooks and just catchy phrases and yeah because i think i think really what rap really was in that era in that time of that it was, it was deep really man. to to really show what was going down on the street awareness you know consciousness yeah, yeah to have a to have a conscience for the kids out there that didn't have one it's kind of hard to be totally positive in a negative environment when your environment around you reflects negativity there's a lot of negative things that you see it's sad that a lot of kids get attracted to that and they start seeing that and they want to be dope dealers and they want to be in the gangs and they want to be in we kind of want to be a conscious state to those kids at that time to let them know that there's alternatives that you don't have to really go that route or take it out to that route and if you notice and even in East Los Angeles and places like that now the uncles and theos that were all going to prison and these solid dads and Folsom's and in the shoe program and in and, 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 uh, and Corcoran and all that the uncles are telling these kids now that that ain't cool no more and you're starting to see a new emergence of these younger generation of these children oh, you're right. now and they're skateboarding and they're in yeah. photography oh, yeah. they're grabbing cameras they're painting they're, they're painting they're doing you know they're they're out there doing things that that they don't want to do neg- negativity because they see you know who wants to go to prison that's that that look who wants to be in prison for 20 30 years for for out there doing something when you were a youngster when you could have thought about what you were doing and just stayed away from that that so we try to be a conscious state to the kids that that you know don't have one and and like I make myself ready available you can come and catch us at the restaurant I'm not going to turn people away for any kind of advice or anything if you ask us we're going to I'm going to tell you to the best of my knowledge and, and try to steer you in the right direction so you know I have a real good faith in God a real good belief real good Christian faith so that's how I, that's how I really live my life now so 
Kid Frost, 2014, man. Yes, yes. Unbelievable. Fifty-two so so right? years old, man. <clears throat> you don't look fifty. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So you forty nine. So you look thirty eight <laughs> on your IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> so you work with Lighter Shade of Brown because I remember them coming up too. Yeah, yeah. And shout out. Yeah, still working with Robert, man. He just got on the radio, man. He's doing ODM, that iHeart right? Radio ODM. Yeah. And shout outs to the homie who's still continuing to um, preserve the perseverance of our West Coast genre of what they call quote unquote Chicano rap. You know what I mean? It's just rap. And it's just rap, man. And how was it back then? How were those live shows? I mean, before there was all that glamour and shit, it was like mad talent. You had to you be mean talented. Before, you mean before the money? Yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. You had to be talented. That's yeah. what like, it was. It, it, it wasn't. Was no... You couldn't buy your way in like you can now. You know what I mean? It's a popularity contest. And if yeah. the kid looks good, yes, I thought the investor's going to put a little bit more money to make that kid shine. And, and, and talent goes out the window. But it's sad because these kids get used up in this game. And w- when the talent goes away and the songs go away, then these, these artists get dropped like sacks of potatoes on the floor and it's sad you know what I mean because there's no contingency of, of health programs for these guys there's no nothing when you fall off in this rap game you fall off and that's it so what my advice to anybody coming up in this game that's doing it do all the aspects of the business of this genre. Don't just try to be a rapper. Because if you try to be a rapper, it's a hard fall on the ground when you fall down. But if you're in this industry and you're doing different things at it, and you're behind the scenes and doing things that you might not know the job that or the task that you have in this game that you love so well of hip-hop, might not be you might not be in the forefront. It might be a job for you in the background, but you can't entertain these thoughts unless you go out there and pursue these things, and especially in our genre. If you got rap mastered, then put that in your pocket and go on to the next phase of this game to take it to the next level, and that's business. Real talk. Real walkie-talkie right there. <laughs> so how, how did you um, come up with that? This is for La Raza. That actually came from... Uh, I sat down at one time, you know... Um, with a Chicano arts major, and his name was Luis Cupajita, and he was actually a, a teacher at East at ELAC. And uh, one day he he started talking to us, and he was he was talking to us about black rappers at that time because there were no really Chicano rappers that had really made their niche or made their mark. And at that time he was telling me, in this game you got to find your lane. And he kept telling me that like you got to find your lane, like your lane on a bowling alley. And he said Ice T has his lane. Everybody's getting their lane. Look at Public Enemy at that time. Look at BDP. Look at all these rappers. Where do you fit in there? Where do you fit in there? All these guys are talking about, BDP's talking about, like, the self-destruction. And he was more of a, like, a philosophical rapper. You know, he had, like, a lot of psychology, and he would make you think. And he had theory and thought process to his rap. And that was his niche. That was his thing. Like, he was a real educated rapper. Ice-T had the West Coast with that gangster, like he said, like, six in the morning, police at my door, which was a, which got bit. At that time, a lot of people don't know that record was bitten by Ice Cube. And I'll tell you how the record was bit. And it went like this. Six in the morning, police at my, my door. Because the boys in the hood Ooh, are always hard. Ice-T took a chunk up early in the morning dressed in black. Off of it. Off of it. And he took a real big eye. And to this day, Ice don't have the, the amount of, and I'll say it because I'm a 52 year old man. You could bring it, you could, I, you know, if you're hearing this, I know from real grown men talking that Ice did not appreciate 
that bite off the record. It was like a serious bite. A lot of people don't know that. And to this day, Ice reserves a lot of respect and love for Cube. Like, if you notice, they don't work together. They never really in the same circle. They don't really, because at that time, if you remember, biting rhymes and biting and being a biter was a big thing. Serious yeah. offense. You're he also, a biter. He also you bit, bit my style. Throw your hands bit. up in the air, too, for, from Cypress Hill. Yeah, he bit a lot of things that, that really, I think, I, even off America's Most Wanted, when he seen that video, our La Raza video, he went and copied from Today Was a Good Day. He went and copied the elements off of my video. So, I mean, beautiful thing if you do it in the right round. But you got to give the respect for what you've done. You know what I mean? You got to acknowledge it and say, hey, look, I took that from an element and an expert from this. It's the same thing as the sample clearance to me in my eyes. If I take the bar case hit and run and I sample it and put it in the studio, then I got to acknowledge that group because I'm paying homage to a record. I'm, I'm actually plagiarizing a hit record yeah. that was already out and I'm paying homage to this, these guys. And if you don't do it in that round, if you notice, like, even in the stuff that we did with Roger Troutman, even with, you know, rest in peace with Zappin' Roger, um, we paid homage to him and, and acknowledged him way before even anything had even happened to him, like, on records and stuff, because we were giving him that love and that acknowledgement, even off of, you know, I sampled La Raza is right off of Viva Tirado, which is Gerald Wilson, which is Al Chicano. So I plagiarized the record that made me famous. Another record I plagiarized that made me real famous famous was Bill Withers' No Sunshine. No Sunshine. Ain't no Sunshine. You know what I mean? And that record, we didn't took to the to Edward James almost into the movie and all that. It oh, was, yeah. I mean, it fit with the movie, but actually that song was written way before the movie even set. It almost gave me the opportunity to say, hey, I got a scene in this movie where it ends, where I get killed. What do you think will go there? And that's when I just reached in the pocket. At that time, it was cassettes. Find <laughs> it here, and we're in the Universal movie thing. We're watching American Me with no sound. We're just hearing where the song and the music's gonna go. So we started putting input, like we should put this, we should put this, we should put, and all those songs that started going in. Actually, on the original soundtrack, at that time, came out on my record label, which was Virgin. So we actually brought the soundtrack to, you know, what I mean, to uh, to Universal, and then put it out. And then that's how we got the animals with uh, Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. That slipping in the darkness scene when they go down yeah. and stuff's going down the pipes and all that. And Who thought about that? Yeah. That's a badass seed. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. And, and she's sexy too. She bends the over. Music, the way that music comes on and yeah. it just goes in and it's like. I'm going to play handball too. At that time, you know, that, that scene actually got. Actually got you know the heat on them, heat on them, and yeah. actually you know caused a couple showing of deaths the insights. and a couple of things for showing too much of how things really went on in, in jail. And sad to say that you know a lot of things that really got portrayed in there actually gave up a lot of information at the same time. So for the sake of the Tinseltown or, or Hollywood, the the glitter and the glamour, it kind of really caused repercussions from it. Actually, in the guy is after, so have to pay to play now. Yeah, man. So it's a serious yeah. business. But man, look at how I mean, really. But look at how.
calm now. I mean, and, and it's still out there. I mean, it's prevalent gangs and stuff. But we gotta admit, and everybody has to really, really come to to really realize that Los Angeles is really changing drastically and fast, bro. And that same thing of us with the gang banging and that stuff, that glamour is not glamorized so much no more now. And a, a lot of people are trying to live a lot more harmonious and a lot more, you know, a lot more cool now. And that's the kind of lifestyle that we really need to start pursuing more because I think. I think the reason why the black rappers achieve and see so much more success than Chicano rap is because they support their artists, no matter who it is. Even if that artist might not be the best rapper, quote, like a <clears throat> Hammer or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. They still show massive support and they support that artist. We, on the other hand, we see an artist and we're up. We'll light that fool on fire. Vato, hey, homes, you know what? Get that vato out of here. I never homes, liked you know what I mean? <laughs> I never, yeah. I he can't rap, homie. You know he's so weirdier, bro. He sucks. Yeah, I didn't even buy his tape at the at the at the uh, La Mirada Swami, homie. I don't like. You think I'm gonna buy it now? When I don't he's like it? him because they live by Oak Street, bro. It's like the can of worms effect, bro. For real, with our rasa, man. As soon as they open up that can of worms, we're the harsh, worms want to get out, harsh. bro. And you know what I mean. And we are, man. We are our worst critics, and we are our worst cutthroats, man. We gotta, we gotta really that ideology of us and that jealousy and envy. Take it too personal. Take it too personal. Though. You gotta let it go, man, and just realize that it's just life we gotta live now, man. And just, man, take care of your immediate yeah. family and your families, man. And man, it's all about. It ain't all about backing up a street name or thing. It's all about backing up your last name, bro. Your last name. That's that's your love and where your core structure and your family comes from your familia, bro. And it's a family affair, bro. You gotta really stay in tune and really life is too short to really not show massive amount of love to your family and, and instead of showing it out to everybody else first, bro. And that that means you got to have love for everybody in your family, bro, first before you go out and show it to everybody, especially if you want to be blessed in this life, bro. I want to be blessed. Me too. <laughs> That's what's up. Kid Frost. Yeah. So what you been going up to? Man, I'm getting ready to leave to Japan. I got, I'm getting ready to go you got to mad the, love for you over there, huh? This is my 14th trip. I've, <laughs> I, I've gone out there 14 Chino, Chino times to Japan. I try to go out there at least twice a year. I've been to Hokkaido, Ogosko, Sendai, Yokohama, uh, Okinawa. I've been all through. I'm getting to go to Fuyoka. I'm getting ready to go do one of the biggest lowrider car shows ever in the history of Japan. I'm taking the group into deep back to the hotel with me and my son, super producer extraordinaire, Scoop DeVille. And uh, we're going to go out there and go do Japan for three weeks. It's, it's, it's a real good, lucrative show. I go out there and I set up shows. I set up video. I, I set up studio production and features. And we go out there with our all our merch. And I got the new commemorative La Raza uh, lyrics on a bandana that I take out there. Cool. The No Sunshine on a bandana I take out there. The posters, all the new CD. I got the new commemorative 40 uh, solo album getting ready to come out right now and and that's 40 uh 40 exclusive kit frost hits classics all remastered digitally redone and uh, i got mr d from southland records and also hutch uh from above the law actually put the album together and uh that's like i said it's a double disc cd all white album like the beatles we're coming out with the white suit the white lolo the whole thing and we're gonna take that and promote it out in japan probably sell a good 20 30 000 of them real quick 
there's, there's a lot of more rappers now, like um, in every state now, Latino rappers. Oh yeah, like man. I know there's a, there's a kid out here in Atlanta now. Well, we do we do a lot of good things. Midwest. We do a lot of things good, and one 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 good thing that Latinos do very very well is baby make. You know what I mean? And we are really really doing our part to really push the world population up <laughs> to a very good high level, man. And you know what I mean? And that I mean it's a beautiful thing, man, because I see I got three. You know, I see I got seven. Damn. Five different moms. My dad has seven too. But I love I love them all, man. I love all my five kids, different man. mamas. Five different moms, man. You're busy, huh? Not only in the studio player. Uh, I, I, I really. <laughs> you know, people people say that, and and then and every time, even when you do that, I I think of that scene from Casino when they ask Frankie Valley like, how many kids does he have, and he's like, oh wow, and he's like, oh the pleasure's all mine, like you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't really say like it like that, though, man. Because you know what? I, you know, to say I have, you know, and not to take any away from any of the baby moms or anything like that. Because, like I said, I, I found love with each and every one of them at one time in my life. But I think, um, man, I what about children, man, is they're beautiful blessings from the Lord Jesus, man. And and if you don't take them and nurture them up, like my son Rhythm is a perfect example. Um, his mom is that was actually was a, a girl that I had got with from a Torrance gang, but actually she was a Hungarian stripper. You see my little wet on my little wetito. Yeah. Um, he actually has one green eye and one hazel eye. He uh, his fate. As a little boy, he really had it bad. I mean, he was born premature already. We didn't know that his mom had a drug, existing drug problem. So, and I, I'm not even afraid to bring it out because you guys are going to probably even see it, see it on a on a reality TV show that we're developing right now called Biorhythm, based on my son Rhythm. And uh, I got actually Francis D'Elia who wrote the movie The Color Purple, and he also did uh, scenes for Michael Mann in Batman, and also also did um, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom is actually writing right now and finishing actually the script for the first of the first um, first run of the first I guess they call the miniseries clip yeah they're gonna pilot pilot they're gonna shoot 15 pilots of my son already and we're not even acting in it we're not I'm not in it or anything they just came in and got our story and my son actually when he was three and a half months old um, in the care of his mom while me and my son scoop we had bought a house out in Vegas he got his skull shattered and and um, they couldn't figure out how he got hurt um, they called me from Vegas and told me you know your son was injured if you want him you need to come down now here to Hollywood and I mean to LA to Torrance Hospital when I got there there was a shrink uh, ambulance shrink wrap with a teddy bear on it and it said chalk on it Children's Hospital of Orange County and they ended up taking him out there um, because his injuries were so severe you know what I mean and he got his skull shattered and ever since then I hired Victor Cohen I've had sole legal primary custody of my son and I've been raising him he's eight years old now and he's thriving bro they told me that you know he his fate or they didn't really know how he was going to come out from his head injury like I said he got a skull shattered but from the blessings of the Lord bro I've been here and I'm doing it ever since bro and from that I also went into a diabetic coma myself I died three times I went into a Went went to the hospital. I was in Huntington Memorial for two and a half months, and 
Like I said, I woke up with the burn marks and the welts in here. I got a second lease on life. They told me I was never going to have kids again. I got an ingrown hair follic from that, and I was dying from tendonitis, and it was killing me, like, instantly. If I would have went from the morning, I wouldn't even be here right now speaking to you. And from that, they told me I would never have no kids again, and this, this is what I'm telling you, man, for your faith and your belief in God. Since then, I've had three more children, you know what I mean, since then, so. Let them know. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Hell, you're a soldier, dog. Man, a soldier. feel good to be alive at 52, man. For real, man. <laughs> For alive. real. Hell yeah. For real. Yep. God is good, bro. And what's up with blessing? Real quick, what's up with your parents when you're coming up? Did they did they like you rapping and all that shit? Or nah, is it a struggle dude. since like we're I both said, military yeah, people? Yeah, bro. You know, and you know when you have old fashioned parents that, like I said, like my dad was in the bro. army for 22 years, bro. He didn't understand it because we had been raised on bases at that time, and at that time during the 70s, part of 79 and early 80s, was when rappers delight came out. So he kind of was in the barracks during that time of all that emergence of it, and. The to see it from that end on the military base and to see that diverse culture get into hip-hop, it was way more different than come, getting retired and then seeing it in L.A. Like, I got to see it global, like, first. and Because one of my best friends was named Sloan, and he, he was from Brooklyn. And he was already rapping. I just didn't know what he was doing. Like, we would be out there, you know, doing our thing, and he would be like, Peekaboo, guess who? It's the coolest little guy that you ever knew. But I thought he was just saying little things, but he was really rapping. And then he was like, he would be out there, like, we'd be all like this little quad, bro. Like I said, when went to military academy and he would be right there like just saying little phrases like saying little things and while we were all seriously shining our shoes and boots and getting our little brass shine on our stuff he would be like with a little radio right there with a mic just talking crazy bro and <laughs> I realized after like mother goose after 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 that that was rap music but it, we didn't going. know before at first it was just like whoa and you just see a little cholito from me slow <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and I'm stationed in Roswell, New Mexico, a military academy. Like, what's this? Like, whoa. I said, a hip. Uh, the hippie. The hippie to the, you know, and I was hooked, bro. That was it. And then it said, rap your. I got the record. I went to Kmart, bought the 12 inch, flipped it over. It said, rap your own version. What? So, so it was the, those, Yeah, so you, it was on Sugar Hill. So you remember those little cassettes? The yeah. little ones, and you pushed it up? Yeah. So I had that right there, and you record it. So I started my first rap. I'm Kid Frost, Kid Frost, the rapper, the rapper. And I just. And it went like that, remember? And you went. Yeah. Kid Rock. Oh, dubbing. Ooh, my first studio session. <laughs> Listen to this, bro. And then I started, I went outside with it, bro. And it was like, that's you? Yeah, do some more. And I was hooked, bro. That was it. Peachy folder, paper. Peachy folder. Yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Y'all remember that, right? The Hell peachy yeah, folder. Yeah. You grab a peachy folder and I turned the peachy folder. Yeah, turn them into cholos. We used to put the bandana on them with the loc on it, and he's running. Yeah, remember? Cholo there or, or, or the little or the, the basketball dude. Yeah. You drive with the KKK and you're just chasing a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> or that good lady fishing or the two football players running for, fighting over a quarter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody had a peachy folder, man. That really knows, man. That era, that 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 lifestyle, Whittier Boulevard, and all that will never come back, man. I remember the KJLH days of the of the members only with with uh, Tiny and them. I don't know if you guys remember Whittier Boulevard back then. We used to have emergence of us little pop lockers back then, and we used to be all. I remember Handy Man. Well, Eddie, that's my best friend. Yeah. He does all my graphic designing now to this day. Yeah. Yep, Eduardo. 
He's a real good friend of mine, H-Man Graphics. Yeah, I, I met a guy, I met Handyman, and then I met a, a guy from five years ago that I used to use to know named Juice. Oh, yeah. Juice, Juice yeah. One. Yeah, Juice One. Yeah. Yeah, real cool people, too. He was a rap, Magdaleno, he was a, he was a uh, breakdancer, Magdalena, too. Magdaleno, yeah. Magdaleno, yeah. Yeah. He does, little, he does little acting stuff Yeah, stuff he's been now, on yeah. a lot of shit. And he sells peepas, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's probably how you know that guy. That's how I know him. What? <laughs> <laughs> But you, you were part of some rap conference before, right? Yeah, the Latin Alliance. The Latin Alliance. Yep. Yeah. Was, a, I tried to put together every denomination of Latino and bring them, you know, from Mexicano, Nicaraguan, Boricua, Cubano, Colombianos, and just bring them all to the forefront and let everybody see every culture and diverse culture. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, they stereotype Latinos and they think you're all from the same clock and mold, but they don't realize... You all think that same. we're all diverse cultures. From yeah. diff- we're like subcultures within cultures of Latinos, and people don't realize. Like Cholo and Chicanismo and all that is a subculture within cultures of yeah. Chicanos, bro. And people don't realize that we're just a small subculture within a culture. So, Dropping knowledge right here knowledge. with Kid Frost. Yes. yes. <laughs> man. Well, thanks for speaking to us, Mr. Man, I love Frost. it, man. Thanks for thanks for giving me some air time. Yeah, you you want your web page people to talk to you? Yeah, you can you can hit me. Uh, you can get me on my IG on Instagram at OG Kid Frost One. Um, same as Facebook, OG Kid Frost One. If you want to email me, OG Kid Frost One at Gmail dot com and OG Kid Frost dot com. And your so, dates, your your dates. My dates, like I said, we leave on the twenty second to Japan. Um, it's a pretty lucrative thing for me, so I, I only work, I'll work half a year off of this Japan trip, really. Go down there and... That's my winter. Stack, 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 yeah, and come back for the winter, and then, you know what I mean? And Have a good Christmas. Yep. Man, I just want to say God bless everybody, man. If you get a chance and you're in the greater Los Angeles area, come to Little Max Barbecue. Our number is 213-388-6297. We deliver. Hell yeah. Little Max Barbecue, Kiss Frost at the restaurant, fool. You can probably uh, yes. I haven't been there But I know it's good And hit me up on Instagram Rodrigo Torres Jr. If you need an exterminator For that barbecue Rodrigo <laughs> Torres Hello would, Hello is Just show up and Smoke all the roaches Yes yes <laughs> So yep. um, you've also been um, you, you have a, uh, Not to change the subject But you've also been On bongs huh Yeah Yep. You sort of all. Yep, and I also have a strain, bro. I have OG Kid Frost, which is a strain that's oh, you can oh, get at yeah. the medicional you, clinic. Oh, did you bring some right now? AA. <laughs> In fact, I didn't, Could man. I, I, brought, I brought the barbecue, actually. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? All right. Yeah. That's I, all good. I, I medicate, I medicate and, and, and do a lot, man. I, I'm Right now, man, I, I'm really into concentrates and dabs and waxing right now, bro. So I'm really, really into a lot of good shatter and a lot of good organ stuff and Seattle stuff. That gets sent sent to us. So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm I'm not like that, but I'm also vegan now. Like I, I don't eat meat or stuff like that. Oh, that's good, man. It's my metape, way. <laughs> yeah, I got it, man. I got to show you some things, man. Look, I weigh 301 pounds. I lost I lost 100 pounds. Oh man, I'm trying to lose another another 80, man. Oh, you can you can do it, man. That's, it's just good motivation, good 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 heart, and good good energy, man. Your good energy, man, will always, man, give you good good weight loss, man. Good energy. 
But thank you for your words, Mr. Yes, Kifra. yes. Stay yeah, blessed, man. God bless thank everybody, you, man. Living Follow legend, though. It's full, it's full of Rasa, people. God damn, I can't believe we have him here. Cubo. Gracias. Gracias. Oh, yeah, good night, everybody. Peace out.